0: We reported heavily on the truckers coming out of canada of course recently the farmers in the in the netherlands and then you might recall the uh, yellow vest uh, back in back in france uh, it was with macron and uh the the tax he was uh, taxing the green tax on the fuel you might recall uh, so the the questions begin to add up that when we look at Society as we know it and the crumbling of uh, society. Uh, I think the question we raise today, uh, in my fellow Americans, is uh, where is America's revolt and all this? I wonder. Uh, now I've got some interesting thoughts on that as well. I'll share with you where that revolt uh, maybe was. And uh, but uh, you know, it, as often is the case, when these things rise, they appear to be. I've been mean, looking at history here; they're put down. Eventually. So, uh, unless we can get some of these to connect together in such a way that there is a movement uh, worldwide, potentially, is what we're talking about here, uh, then you're going to continue to see the globalists uh, march uh, right over all of us and um, all God loving patriots in all their countries. Uh, and that, that really is the problem. Uh, we'll talk about today here. Welcome into the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm out loud here. And, we're going To have join us in just a little bit here. Wallace Garnot would be here and uh him talk to him in a bit. So great to get him on. He's got a terrific op-ed on. I want you to go read when you go you know, don't read it now, read when we're done with the program here. But uh Yellow vests, uh France, uh truckers, uh Canada, uh Farmers of the Netherlands. You know where is America's revolt? So that would be the title of that one, right? And um, now I got thinking of a little bit of this here, and I would talk to Wallace a little bit about this, but You know, I can think a little bit about the January 6th thing. I looked at that as well, redress of our agreements. I looked at that as a bit of a revolt to demand answers from the lords, if you will. Uh, But as you see how they reacted to that, they threw everybody in jail, basically, without any rights, uh, which really is no laughing matter. It's pretty sick, actually. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's always that saying. You know, uh, you're safe until they come knocking at your door, right? So people tend to look the other way or turn the other way. And, you know, we speak pretty loud here about these things. We 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 uh, we're we're not looking the other way. We we bring it up. Um, might be to our own detriment, but I think it's important to get the out loud truth out there. My fellow Americans. So uh, so let, let's do this. Let's let's start right off and talk about. Um, with with these three areas here, Wallace, these three particular, I think you highlight them so well in the op-ed, the, uh, the, the yellow vest. Now, this was this was a green tax again uh, from Macron, and this were people, uh, you know, peace-loving people on, on the countryside that, uh, they, that the yellow vest became very synonymous with this thing, and they... Um, uh, they they were driving long distances, you know, out there with their life, and they couldn't afford the fuel prices. They simply couldn't afford it. Uh, and they started to get together and revolt around that. Uh, that's the one situation that Canada was a little different. You had the mandates there. Uh, they didn't like uh, the, uh, you know, the being pushed on the vaccines and the, the mask. And that was kind of the COVID era and what came out of there. Uh, but the Netherlands is another one uh, where they, is that's still ongoing now, with the dairy farm uh pushed back they were setting my god as i remember hay and manure on fire and that's still happening um to be sure there we don't know how that's going to fall out so connect the dots on these these three things first of all and um uh what's your impression uh about historically look the, the yellow vest by the way was back in 2018 2019 i believe is that correct
1: that's about right yeah
0: yeah. And so, uh, you know, not too far back. It's only been the last few years. And uh, of course, the Canadian was last year. We reported heavily. But that's kind of been put out of its misery, too. You don't hear. And, you know, that's the other thing is y- yeah, none of these stories are ever reported on, which you highlight that in your piece as always. It's that it becomes an empty story because they're not covered. They, it just drops off the radar screen and people are uninformed as to what's happened. And that's all by intention as well, isn't it?
1: That's absolutely my intention. I think that goes back to when the CIA began to send heroin in with our dead service members coming back from Vietnam, not in the caskets, but underneath the caskets. They actually created special pallets in order to contain the heroin. And they would sell that heroin in the United States and they would use the money they made by selling the heroin to fund their off book operations. And today, the CIA, I'm sure, is just an entire boatload of different ways of raising money for off-book operations. And they've probably made a tremendous amount of money over the years. I look at our media. I look at our security state, which I wrote about, I think, last week. I look at all of these things in conjunction, and I think, you know dollars to donuts the cia is probably a major investor in some of these firms that are uh, that are that are beginning to control companies through uh environmental social and governance scores dollars to donuts that the 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 cia is a direct hand in uh, telling our media what to do it's, it, it all looks orchestrated. And, and when you see the exact same stories getting skipped everywhere, and you see the exact same narrative being pushed everywhere, and you see science being absolutely, you know, it's like we have the Pope again, and he says, wait a minute, this isn't the science, it doesn't conform with the Bible, except now it's a political ideology, it's got nothing to do with the Bible. When you see all of these things, and they all seem orchestrated, At some point, you got to look at it and say, you know, Occam's razor, the most, the the simplest answer probably is the correct one. And the simplest answer is it is all orchestrated.
0: Yeah. The ESG, the environmental, social and uh, governance, the, the scores there, um, this is it's all under this, uh, like you say, equity, uh, diversity. It's, it's all a diversion sort of game that's being played out by, I mean, the globalist elite. There really is no other way to look at it. And the really sick thing about this, Wallace, is that the people it's, it hurts, are the people who are believing the smoke and mirrors game They're, which is really the 90% of people, they're the ones going down on this. Uh, the the betters, uh, the Lords are surely not. They'll, they'll, uh, uh, you know, the benefits. And we'll talk about how to um, cut that off at of the past. Cause you had a couple of thoughts in your piece that got me thinking again of how do you begin to connect the dots and push back. Let's talk specifically about these, uh, these three areas. Now, what happened to the, um, Uh, Back to the yellow vest in in France there, Um, uh, you know, what uh, um, I mean, you you don't I mean, it was a story back then, but it faded quickly. Um, Anything become of that at all historically last few years? You mean the yellow vests? Yeah, yellow vests. Yeah,
1: yeah. Nothing really became of that. The French were able to suppress the yellow vest protests after several months of of protesting, and uh, that's that's pretty much as as far as I know, that's pretty much quiet. And and there were now. some
0: big numbers there. Let me interrupt you a minute. There's some big numbers there. We're talking. They were about a quarter of a million, three hundred thousand on the streets at one point.
1: Oh, absolutely. When you start messing with people's lives and livelihoods, you get their attention. And uh, some of the things France was doing, you mentioned the gas tax, some of the things France was doing were starting to really, really, really affect people's lives and livelihoods. And it's the same thing in Canada and the same thing in Netherlands. They're starting to have major, major effects on large groups of people. And, and people naturally are pushing back on that. It's yeah, no different right. than 1775 when, you, when the British started taxing us and putting troops in homes and all these other things. And you had like the Sons of Liberty came out. You had, you had uh, the same kinds of movements in the United States or what became the United States. Uh, but initially, they were all for specific reasons. It wasn't until somebody put all the dots together and said, this is bigger than just taxation without representation. Mm. We need our own country. And then that became the movement.
0: Yeah, it's it's a different um, situation now. And you you mentioned 1775 and it's a different situation today. I mean, w- with the colonies back then and what had taken place to break away from England, of course, the world was at a different point in place. But now, after the most successful country rising, being the United States, uh you know we're dealing with our own oppression here and what's being pushed back here i mean this is the golden egg right here in the united states if you take the u.s out of the equation the world the rest of the world will fall right in line and I, I don't say that is you know Wallace. i'm not saying that to be egotistical in any particular way not to my friends around the globe but it's just the might of the usa is very clear with all that i think the rest of this just falls into line is that an accurate statement
1: Absolutely. We are the only nation in the history of the of the world okay. that was specifically created in order to maintain and preserve and protect the liberties of the people. When you look at all the other countries that have freedoms of one kind or another, none of them have freedoms to the degree that we have where it's enshrined in something like a constitution. Mm-hmm. And as a consequence, it's not hard to roll those things back in Canada. We're watching it, we're watching it happen before our eyes. It's not hard to roll them back in England. It's not hard to roll it back in Australia. This is the last bastion of freedom. Freedom, And if if we fall, Hmm. there is nowhere else to go.
0: Now, I I love your reference a moment ago. You really hit a nerve with me uh, talking about uh, the way you phrased it. I got to get those words again from you. But um, speaking of um, our commitment to the world, the the United States, you know, I, I guess thinking about that. And, you know, I, I look at our country as God's creation. Uh, it's an amazing paradise. That's why I always tell folks to count our blessings. I mean, we're, first of all, we won the lottery if you are born here or you, well, even if you moved here at some point in a younger age or whatever. I mean, America is very welcoming uh, and immigration, other than the broken system, I'm not talking about that today, but immigration as a whole, that is the right way, is an American tradition, Uh, it has always been. That's the origins of our country. It's what America is made out of. It's the beautiful country of diversity and thought. And, um, you know, so, but it's all changing so rapidly and so fast and all these things that made us great are being used against us. But the way you just worded it, it reminds me of the fact that we are God's gift in that way as a Christian nation. And as kind of, you know, and I, I, it's a caveat kind of thing, because it's like, You mentioned someone like almost like protectors of freedom, uh, Wallace, you know, uh, around the world. Right. That sort of thing. But yet that's one thing over here. We're not talking nation building over here or push, which I don't go along with, or pushing our form of democracy on everybody, whether they like it or not, because that's not what our position should be. And yet our people have done that here. Our leaders have tried to do that, haven't they?
1: Well, it's one thing building your own nation, and it's another thing trying to forcibly build another nation with with other people in it. Uh, I look at Iraq, for example, was yeah. knocking t- was knocking Saddam Hussein off Perfect. a bad thing, probably not, but we should never have tried to rebuild uh, Iraq. We yeah. should have knocked it off and said, "If you guys put somebody else like Saddam up on, as your leader, we're going to knock you off again." So you might want to consider that. Just leave <laughs> them up; let them build their own nation. Um,
0: yeah, Iraq's a good to... example actually because we screwed it up there big time in oh, Iraq. Right? But yeah yeah go ahead
1: what we're trying to do here is we're trying to rebuild our nation in an image that it was that that the american people never really wanted uh more and more american people i think are starting to want that and again i think a lot of that is because our media is all one voice uh when you hear the same things over and over and over again yeah they'll start out with a lie and then they begin criticizing people that do not believe the lie pretty soon they start using using that lie as if it's true, and then they start building more lies on top of the on top of the first one. And that's where we are. We're, we're at a point now where there are a lot of lies that have been thrown out there for so long that a large number of people just assume they're true. And now they're telling other lies that in order to be believable, you have to believe the first lie. And and that that sadly is where we are. They're trying to mold the public's opinion around uh, this whole globalist movement.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Environment, environmentalism is playing a really, really big part today. They seem to think they found their sweet spot uh, to um, destroy uh, the, the free world. And it seems to be a lot of it's around environmentalism, which pulls in fossil fuels, of course. It pulls in this whole green energy and uh, the war on uh, energy, the, even electricity and things. Uh, yeah, none of it makes any sense. And you point some of that out in your piece as well, which is really terrific. That uh, a lot of the things they're putting forth as an answer right now are actually going to be a cancer. Uh, They're not going to, it's, they're not going to work. They're not going to pay off. Um, It's, uh, it's all a, a bit surreal, but people don't really pay attention. Would you also point that out? People are not paying attention. They're probably busy with their lives or they don't give a rat's ass, either one or the other. But uh, they're not really paying attention to all this. And that's really the cancer. And the other thing you mentioned, which, I mean, is the media. And it's constantly that part of the story which irritates the most out of me is the is the media in this country, the fourth estate. It is our cancer, uh, Wallace, that is going to take us out.
1: Absolutely it is. I don't think people... But you said it was environmentalism. I I think it's important that we note that it's not truly environmentalism. If it were truly environmentalism, Mm -hmm. then they would be trying to make the environment a better place. And that's not what they're trying to do. Now, you look at Germany, for example, and when Germany was getting 50 percent of their energy or their electricity, rather, off of recyclables or off of renewables, they were actually using more coal and more natural gas and creating more CO2. And they had been, and they were just burning natural gas and coal. So the notion that these renewable energy sources are in any way an environmentally positive thing. You look at the mining that has to go into play in order to get the batteries, and you look at the windmills, which are not recyclable, the blades. And when you look at this, the, the true environmental impact of all of it. It is not truly an environmentalist movement at all. It's it's actually going to destroy the environment. Mm-hmm. It's going to increase CO two production. It's 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 a it's a never ending fraud of 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 they're actually going to cr- try to create the catastrophe they're trying they're claiming to protect us from. It's yeah. all a fraud. It's not environmentalism <laughs> at all.
0: Well, and we're all over this topic, as you know, on the platform because of the scientists we have associated with the network. And uh, uh, but this is a topic that is very rich at America Out Loud. Exactly what you say there. They use the word environmental. But like everything else, it's a it's a a bait and switch. I mean, it's a constant shell game that's being played here of narratives that are that are thrown out there Uh, in the Netherlands right now with those dairy farmers. Let's talk about that a moment here. So they really have been more of the more aggressive group. Uh, th- that I can see now, and you you can speak of others yourself, but as in relation to the Canadian truckers, which I've spoke to several, I've had them on the programs when that was hot, heat and hot and heavy there. Uh, and it, even as opposed to uh, back with the yellow bass back in France in 2018, 2019, this group seems to be a little more aggressive with the they're uh, setting things on fire and the the manure, throwing manure at the officials. I've seen videos and stuff. I don't know if you've seen those, Wallace, where they put it in a shoot and they shoot it with the equipment all over the, um, uh, the, the uh, police, the officials and stuff. They are setting them on fire on the highways, closing roads, that sort of thing. They've been probably the most aggressive group, haven't they? They have been.
1: And when you look at what the Netherlands, specifically what the Netherlands are trying to do, they're trying to get 55% of all the farmland in the Netherlands. And uh, they're they're targeting particularly meat production and dairy production. So yeah, the, the dairy farmers obviously are are one of the hardest hit groups on that. But what the Netherlands want to do with agriculture goes way, way, way beyond dairy farming. And it's important people understand that. Mm -hmm. They want to take 55% of all farmland and leave it fallow. So they want to to force the farmers to sell 55% of the farmland of the Netherlands. And they want to not use it for anything. Just just leave it alone. So no farming there.
0: Well, let me stop you there. Hold on a minute. If they did that, let's, let's go drill on that piece there. How would they survive as a nation if they did what you just said?
1: Well, I guess they'd have to import food.
0: But let's see, and to stop here again, this is what really gets me. It's like the same thing here in the U.S. with fossil fuels and energy that the Biden administration via the Obama administration, what they're up to. And yet they're okay with others producing this. They're okay with China and India. I mean, black hole in China is, uh, in uh, India is, uh, we just had a great piece on is doing gangbusters right now, record numbers everywhere. These people have billions of people on the planet between China and India, and they're accelerating the whole process, Wallace. They're not cutting a darn thing back. And yet, so how is it that people can't understand even the tree huggers, And and I say that respectfully, potentially, uh, that celebrate these policies. How can they not see how backwards this is? Even here, and back to what you're talking about in the Netherlands, it makes no. There's no logical sense to this, is there?
1: Well, you're right. There's no logical sense to it. But when all of the information that you have access to is is propagandized and, and, and much of the information out there, you know, people just they don't know and they don't really have access to it. The media doesn't talk about it. I, I think most people they essentially they, they just want a handful of things. They want to live the American dream, you know, maybe have a house someday, be able to raise a family and, and feed their family uh, with a car or whatever. But they also I think most people want to be good people. And so when you tell them, here is how you can be a good person, and you take away all of the information that allows them to look at that logically and deconstruct it and try to determine, does that truly make me a good person? Well, yeah, getting rid of all fertilizers might be good for some aspect of the environment. You know, your lakes aren't going to grow over with, with with algae so much and, and whatever. It, when you When you look at creating energy without burning fossil fuels, when you first look at it, yeah, that sounds like it might be clean. Uh, and so, when you look at these things and you look only at the first phase consequences and which which may be misreported, the first phase consequences mm-hmm. may not be what you think they are, but that's what you're told. I think most people are very happy just to sit back and say i'm going to be a good person i'm going to allow these things to occur, and they don't really understand no. how it's going to affect them or how these things all play on each other, and they don't understand the cumulative effect of any of it
0: how does it uh how does it um Impact the world in a positive way, if if um, things are being accelerated in India, in China, if there's, I mean, there there's no cutback; they're actually jumping it up. Uh, they're doing more. How can people here look at what Biden is doing and we've got to import now because we can't export, we can't even get by on what we got. So we're out kissing everybody's ass to try to get stuff in here from our adversaries. How can anybody look at that and not come away with the same conclusion we're coming away with? In other words, how how is it that it's okay for other countries to do what he's trying to cut out here? How does that make the world a better place?
1: Well, it's actually worse than you're making it sound because when people bring up the fact that India and China are ramping up their coal usage and what have you, the solution we hear back from that is well, we just have to redouble our efforts because now they're burning more coal, so we have to do wow. even less. Wow. So it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're
0: putting us back to the Stone Age at that point. We'll be they will dismantle this country. That that will clearly happen. This, I don't think people understand how how dangerous this Biden uh, uh, administration and policies are, and it's. Biden. You know, I always when people say Biden, they're thinking, you know, the, let me say this. The name Biden being Joe Biden gets a lot of credit for something that he really isn't the one that should get any of the credit. It's the people behind Biden. that apply, and, and that needs to be said. I mean, we use the word Biden like he's strategically doing all this, like he's the most, uh, you know, uh, amazing talent in the world to be able to take the country down. Like this is not a damn thing to do with Biden, really, is it? I don't even
1: think it has to do with. I, I think the two groups that have the most control in our country today are probably the administrative state, which yes, the president is technically in charge of, but most of those people are career bureaucrats. They don't change positions when the president changes, and uh, they're unionized, so it's very very hard to get rid of people, even if you have cause. You no, know, we saw what happened when Trump was president. The administrative state just kept throwing poop at him and 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 doing everything they could to undermine him and his agenda. And now Biden's there, and they're very happy because they can do what they want to do again, unfettered. But you know they don't change because the president changes, and as a consequence, while maybe officially the policies change, that doesn't mean things are changing where the rubber meets the road. So the administrative state, I think, is far more authority than the president does, because they just don't have to listen to him. And, and then you look at the security state, and you look at the potential that the security state may have a tremendous amount of input over our media mm-hmm. and over our access to information, and then you look at the way the words science is being misused in order to represent things that are absolutely not scientific and in order to ridicule people that use actual science and in some cases you know, they're they're affecting the lives and livelihoods of real scientists because they won't toe the line and, and you look at all of this and again you see how it's all directed in the same direction and uh yeah it's not joe biden i don't think it's even the presidency this is a whole hell of a lot yeah. bigger than that
0: yeah, yeah, it's not. I agree with you. It's not just about It's not even the presidency. No, it, there's a there's a bigger something bigger happening here to be sure. Uh, this um, do you with the Netherlands that is still ongoing? I was just reading a piece, in fact, in the New York Times on this, uh, which is a, a big uh, write-up on the uh, the Netherlands. Uh, dairy farmers in the Netherlands are up in arms over emission cuts. Um, uh, just a few days ago, actually. And uh, what do you see? What, what's your? I mean, is this just put down like the rest of them, or do you think? I mean, because the the farmers out there, uh, they know that this is a death sentence. What the government is, uh, you know, uh, imploring them to do, they know that it's it's not going to work. Uh, so that's why they're taking the uh, the, hot, the measures that they're taking. And I mean, I see a lot of the videos and the pictures. What do you think becomes of this? Because it's just still ongoing. Do you think, um, I mean, is it just another one that will fall by the wayside? Or do you think there's enough momentum in there to create anything worthwhile?
1: I think that the uh, farmers in the Netherlands will eventually be suppressed just as every other group has been. And I think each individual movement is going to be suppressed. I think in terms of the United States, for example, the uh, the NSC collects all this information on us. Everything we do online or whatever, it's all tracked. They can shut down any any organization faster than any organization can even start to do to, to be created. So I I don't think any specific individual movement is is going to get very far unless it's a movement. We've talked before about nullification. I think the individual states could do a tremendous amount if they chose to do so. Now I think it's got to be bigger than that. Now, each individual movement that led to the creation of an independent state here in the United States of America, each individual movement against the British, they were put down and suppressed. They had to go underground and they had to uh, to to hide. But at some point. It was the entire country that decided, you know, all 13 colonies got together and said, you know what, this isn't about taxation without representation. This isn't about quartering troops in our homes. We want an independent nation. We no longer answer to you and you can just shove off. And it was only at that point that you had something that was not just an individual movement that was easy to suppress. Once people are willing to put their sacred honor, their lives and their livelihoods on the line, not have it put on the line by the government, but they're willing to put it on the line themselves for something that they hold is deeper and more important than themselves, only when people are willing to die for a cause uh, in large numbers will will something like what we are witnessing uh, being put together uh, be suppressed.
0: Yeah. And uh, the truckers in Canada, um, you know, when you even do a search for that anywhere, I mean, there's I mean, I I don't even know what it it just seems like it just went away. It it, was like petered away. I mean, it was a real hot story for a while there. But you hear anything more about that? I haven't heard anything
1: about that in months. The last I did hear about it was on your network
0: yeah 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 i see uh sorry why were canadian truckers protesting they're now talking as in the past obviously so it appears that that one has not been victorious either and and across uh trudeau up there is uh he's a little dictator to be sure what he's done to canada uh rest assured so that one has already it seems to me like it's already failed um we you know with so out of the three that you mentioned in the piece uh, the only one that's really I think got going is the Netherlands which you say that probably will fail as well that's part of what I'd like to explore ahead a little bit more uh, with Wallace as to why that is uh, that um, uh, the, this failure and how we talk about connecting the dots what does that really look like what is that And and I mentioned up front in the program also about January 6th and I believe that I I really do believe that was a redress of grievances that was totally ignored. Um, There were it was not the story they put out. That was kind of the revolt probably happening here. Um, We'll touch on that a little bit more as well. Uh, Very fascinating, as well as the media part of all of this. Uh, I want to give you a couple of updates here. We've got some exciting things happening on the network. You'll be the first to hear uh, by listening to the program here today. I haven't really announced any of these things yet, but I will tell you that uh, as you're listening to the voice of a nation here um, uh, today, uh, this coming weekend, we'll be launching a, a new show uh, with a Dr. Li-Meng Yang. Uh, we'll be on the program, and she will have her own program, uh, The Voice of Dr. Yang. You'll be hearing and, uh, much more details on that on the network coming, but uh, pretty excited. We've been talking about this for a while, and she's going to do it. She's going to do it. You know, it's funny. She's a, she's a strong voice. Uh, she's got... Um, uh, her uh, hand and her pulse is on some of the major things happening around the globe and on China. And you know, you got to remember, English is not her first language, clearly. I mean, she's had to think about learning a foreign language like that and making sense of the language in short order. And she's done that. And you know, I've been working with her, you you chuckle over months, uh, quite some time, actually. She just tried to help her coach her a little bit with her, not that I'm any professional uh, guru of uh, coaching voice. uh, But helping her in that regard uh, with the English to Chinese uh, translation, if you will. And she just said to me the other day, "Ah, thanks for your support. And, your." you know, it's funny. But anyways, if you notice, I don't know if you heard her last weekend on Viewpoint, but her English has done tremendous. She's really come a long, long way. She sounded great, by the way. Uh, The whole key when you're on radio is you've got to slow it down because people have to get all this in their brains, number one. You can't talk really wicked fast. And the problem when you're speaking a a different language, you tend to do that, you know what I mean, you know, when you're doing that. So that's one of the secrets to this thing. You got to slow it down and let people catch up with their brain, with your thoughts and your, your as your mouth moves kind of thing, you know. Uh, there's that. And the other part that makes this business work so well, friends is the authenticity that goes with it. And certainly Dr. Yen has that. Uh, she's a very authentic uh, person, a terrific human being both inside and out. I tell her that all the time. So we're thrilled to have her on the network here to be sure. Also, you first want to hear it. I'm going to tell you, now. I don't have all the details, so don't ask me all the details, but, 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 but we're going to be starting a very special program uh, just ahead. Let's see. It's going to be coming at you the first week of September. So it's coming up. There'll be a lot more to say about this, and we'll put it back on the platform. I'm going to be doing a very special a series of programs over two months with Dr. Henry Eadley. And uh, and he'll be joining me on The Voice of the Nation here. And I'll tell you what, you'll hear all about it, the name of the program, the series, and what we're going to do. And i am tell you, it's going to be very cool I'm going to be using myself uh, right here, yours truly, as a guinea pig, and go through helping as many people as we can to get back to health in a post-COVID world, not just people who are struggling with long COVID and that sort of thing or vaccine injuries. I'm not talking about just that, although that is a component. But I'm talking about those of us who want to lead a a, a really fulfilling and worthwhile, healthy life. We've got over a couple of months A very unique program we're going to be putting forth to combine what you put in your body, fasting, how to do it, when to do it. And I'm going to go through the process. I'm going to be sharing some, well, probably more than I would like to share on air, frankly, uh, details about myself. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure this is going to be a wise move, but I want to do it anyways. I'm committed to it uh, with Dr. Ely. Uh, it's going to be good fun, I think, doing that. So look for that coming up as well. It's going to be very, very exciting. In the meantime, I'll just mention it real quick. Our sponsored partnerships is some of the best products available here at America Out Loud. Uh, this is what I love about this is being able to impact people's lives in a very positive way. It's my uh, ultimate goal, and it's very fulfilling to be able to make that impact. If you look back on the platform or the front page or any show post, you'll see strategic partnerships. I encourage you to take the time it's time well spent and go look at those and look at the research and the scientific finance and get things that are right for you. If You have questions, send an email in, and many of you do and we'll help you in any way we can. Or we'll bring some of these up uh, with Dr. Uh, Henry Ely or Dr. Peter McCullough. I mean, you've got some of the best brains here to be sure. And we'll get those questions answered for you. I do Q and A's with both guys. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Uh, so those are all good ideas, but take a look at Healthy Cell, 20% off. Use the code out loud. RX, same thing, 20% off uh, um, it, with the, the nasal hygiene now. These are terrific products. Uh, and Healthy Cell, of course, is the microgel gel, uh, nutraceuticals. You, you know what I'm talking about there. I've you know, talked to you about it enough. And uh, and uh, the Genesis H O C L in that fogger, fifteen uh, percent off the fogger, uh, unbelievable deal. And I've got to mention that other nasal hygiene product because I love these people and the product is incredible clear x-l-e-a-r made with xylitol it's another nasal hygiene product but this can be used readily multiple times a day it's very safe for you so it's a little different than the pofidine and the cofix but that's available at your pharmacies grocery stores all over the country you can get that anywhere uh clear it's a terrific product Uh, So check that out as well. We'll take a real quick pause here, my fellow Americans, and to my dear friends around the globe, and we'll join you just on the other side. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio, or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. All
1: right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpitone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix Rx. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Copix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Copix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code out loud with Genesis. You'll be ready for what's next. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants make nasal hygiene. Part of your routine with clear no messy bottles to fill. No drowning sensation. Clear is a natural, drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R dot
0: My fellow Americans, this is Malcolm Out You know, a few years back, I was in corporate boardrooms offering counsel to business executives worldwide. It was important and demanding work, but out of the corner of my eye, maybe like you, I was watching some dangerous trends in our nation, Marxist teachers and professors brainwashing our children, a media that was not just biased, but complicit and overly partisan, an offshoot of the Democrat Party even and the progressive culture that was shutting down even violently any voices that challenge these radical ideas and tactics. Well, AmericaOutloud.com was born at that very moment. Well, it was a challenge I could no longer ignore and I joined forces with some of the nation's most influential voices to bring you the real news and discussions that Americans need to hear at this crucial crossroads in American history. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. to the voice of a nation, it is Malcolm Out Loud here. Yours truly as always, I tell you that. It never changes from day to day, but that is who you're listening to. And of course, you always, you know, when you hear my voice, it's like my accent is not from this planet or this world. People say, what is your accent? Where does it come from? Like, why do you say the words the way you uh, well, it must have been because I come from another planet somewhere, some far distant uh, place, uh, potentially. But, um, yeah, it's just a combination of my upbringing around the world and the travels. And I uh, don't really come from any particular area that people could say, well, that sounds like that. But it's a little bit of this and that. Well, I'm sort of an American mutt, actually. That's what I love about our country. we like got all these different uh, nationalities and parts And that's kind of what a lot of us are. That's me. I'm a mutt. I mean, uh, I can't help it. My family slept around. What the hell do you want from me? Anyways, back to the voice of an nation. here, and we're talking here. Big story today on uh, this. Uh, I, I just wanted to take this topic here. The uh, First of all, the op-ed. Yellow Vests, France. Uh, truckers, uh, Canada. Uh, bombers of the Netherlands. Where is America's revolt? Let's start right there right now. Wallace Garneau joins me back here. By the way, Wallace's book, uh, The Way Forward, Lean Leadership and Systems Thinking for Large and Small Businesses is in the America Out Loud bookstore, which has totally been redone. If you haven't seen it, great new database there, selling a lot of books in that bookstore. Check that out. Uh, So and and you can also get that if you go to his uh, author under uh, our team uh, the book is right with this profile as well there, by the way. We've just added a whole new feature. So really super excited about that. Uh, now, this I, I want to ask you right there about uh, where is America's revolt? Now, I, I, I want you to talk about this. I've referenced it twice. I referenced it up front in the program and just in, in a moment here at pause, uh, Wallace. Um, I, I'm guessing and I. I um, you'll tell me your thoughts otherwise, but I think potentially that sixth was, I, I always call it references, the redress of our grievances. But I think that was sort of the beginning of some sort of revolt. Of course, it tied to other problems. People were very frustrated in the country. They weren't happy with the election, but they were happy with a lot of things. that They weren't happy with all of the attacks against the prior administration and the multiple impeachments and the, the multiple 25th Amendment charges and the multiple egregious things that happened over a period of four, and four plus years. And I think you've seen them take it out uh, on the system that day. That's the way I see it. Was that kind of sort of in some peculiar kind of way um, an attempt at a revolt here, do you think, in compared to these other markets?
1: I don't think so, for two reasons. Uh, the okay. first reason is the FBI investigated that into the ground. And I know Congress is looking at it as an insurrection. But the FBI investigated it into the ground and said in no uncertain language, it was nothing more than a spontaneous uprising that happened to, to, to get into the Capitol building. Uh, so it was it was not really a revolt. It was a spontaneous uprising. And it was also in reaction to a specific event, which was an election that many people felt was fraudulent. And, uh, and they did smell the high heavens, so you know there's that. but it was still over a specific event and, and and I think I think any movement that is based on a specific event or a specific law or a specific government action or anything like that is doomed to failure because the government can always retreat a little bit on one thing and then the revolt goes away and then they double down again. So it's it's only when it becomes something larger than that. That I think it really gets traction. Well,
0: let me let me jump in now. That could have gotten larger, obviously, but the, the right away they circled the wagons on that. But that could have, that could have taken off.
1: I suppose had they actually overthrown the government of the United States, it could have. But I've seen absolutely no indication that that was even their intent. I mean, right. for the most part, they were just walking around taking selfies in 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 places they're not supposed to be.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, point. and uh, yeah, I, I hear you. And and then they cracked down on that. Uh, uh, yes, we see uh, Dr. Simone Gold, who we talked about on the platform. She was uh, she's actually serving right now a, a sixty day, I believe it is. Don't uh, quote me on the exact number, but it's a sixty day, a couple of months uh, in prison. In prison. Uh, and uh, it for just by happened to, I mean, she was uh, obviously in the frontline doctors and in the pandemic, she got under the skin of the left, to be sure, uh, and supported hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all these things that saved lives. Shame on her, right? I mean, come on. And uh, she just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time on January 6th and uh, at the Capitol. And uh, she was actually arrested for that. And uh, so they went after a lot of people like that, Wallace, and they, they really came down. That's kind of the um Pelosi in this thing. I mean, she really is um what how would you describe Pelosi as a leader actually? let me you put the adjectives out there. How would you describe her as a leader? Drunk. what's that?
1: I said she's drunk <laughs> I drunk describe her- <laughs> <laughs> i would I wouldn't describe her as a leader at all i, I all she, she's the effective leader of, of, of a party, I think. Um, but, but she's also the follower of a party because she is a party that is. Now, th- there are really three parties in the United States at this point. You have true conservatives. Right. You have the radical left. And then you have this uniparty where the left and the right play the shell game where they pretend to be against each other. And then then at the end of the day, Mitch McConnell caves. You know, it doesn't matter how many runs he's up at the bottom of the ninth, he's going to cave in. Well, let me let me hold
0: you there now. The left and the right that you just talked, the uniting of that, that what you're calling the third party, whatever you want to call them, that really is the problem, because that's a that's that's a diversion right now in our nation. As the globalists take power, this is the the left and right, in other words. Whereas the Democrat and the Republican constant fight, that really is used in, 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 being used right now as they steal the farm, don't you think?
1: Well, I think Republicans have, to a large extent, gotten rid of the uniparty members within the Republican ranks. But I think you still have a lot of, of, of uniparty people in the Democrat Party. And, you know, you've got the extreme left. Obviously, like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, left. yeah, yeah, the Marxist left, uh, and they're not a part of that. And obviously, the 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 conservative movement, the modern conservative movement, is not a part of, it, which is why we're hated so much. By the way, the 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 extremists on the left are kind of looked at still, I think, correctly as fringe that won't really have any power it's it's the conservative movement the modern conservative movement that is large enough and gaining traction and you look at that you're like that's not uniparty and there's no there's rain in the there's gold in those hills there's a real movement there and and that could be dangerous so that gets attacked brutally and uh and but but the uniparty still exists and i think that that really is what nancy pelosi do you you consider yourself an extremist I don't consider myself an extremist. I don't <laughs> think that my political I, I think I'm you consider me a,
0: do you consider me an extremist?
1: I don't consider you an extremist. I think that we're both very much uh Milton Friedman's school of thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very mainstream conservative. You know, if you stand at the same point though, when everybody else moves, at some point your point is no longer you know, if people in the middle 20 let's look at bill clinton in 1992 mr the era of large government is over he would not be a democrat if he ran on that platform today everything is shifted left and as a consequence a true conservative on the political right somebody who truly loves the constitution yeah you do start to look a bit extreme once everybody else moves far Mm -hmm. enough the other way
0: yeah your point is right about bill clinton however He also, when you say he wouldn't be a Democrat under that, which that's the problem, actually, because he would uh, he would go for more of the extreme policies that see that's what's happening now. But it's actually even look at how well under this guise of Biden, we talked about the guise of the Biden name and how it's being used. But you look at things he said, you know, uh, 10, 20 years ago, Wallace, and it was nothing like the policies he implemented now. He was against a lot of the things. He also wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing, kind of.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he sounded somewhat, he sounded a lot more centrist 10 years ago. Of course, he also sounded a lot more coherent 10 years ago.
0: Right, right, right. Well, he's not, um, Biden is a bit of an exception because in any part of his life, not, I know it doesn't sound nice, but it is true. And it, beyond the coherent or incoherent part of it, he's never been a highly intellectual fellow, I think. He's always been a bit of a, and I know it doesn't sound right, Wallace, but he's kind of a dumb rock, isn't he?
1: He always has been. He also is. All, now, the one good thing about Dementia Joe is that he's no longer plagiarizing, uh, plagiarizing others. He now has a team of speechwriters to do that for him.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. And they're doing a hell of a job of pushing this out onto a very unsuspecting public because they don't pay attention as you point out in the piece. All right. You say here, Oh, in the op-ed, by the way, which evokes, uh, can go read this after the program here. Uh, you say Farman is bad for ESG scores. And as a result, somewhere between six and 7 billion people a hundred times what Hitler killed are being asked to starve to death by policies The United Nations and the World Economic Forum want to be applied globally. Uh, Sri Lanka already applied these rules and we see the results, only we don't see the results because the media does not report it. So that really is the catch all. Every time we have these conversations, Wallace, and every time we're talking about it, There's one culprit in all of this that I I constantly see, and it is the media. And they just simply don't report back to these other stories. They they want them to fall off the radar screen. You know, we talked about intellect just a moment ago. I'm not sure how intellect these people are as well. And I almost like to see what you think about that, because I say that again, not so much to be a wise guy, although I can be one. Uh, But the fact is that these people are going to be the first ones to be put out of their misery uh, when this whole communist state takes over. These people are not going to have a, a microphone or a newspaper any further. These people understand that, or are they that stupid?
1: I think it depends on which one of these people you're you're, you're talking about. The whole parade. Uh, some of them are chameleon enough that they'll be able to just, you know, you bend with the wind, I guess. Some of them are, are true believers in some of the things that they say. And uh, yeah, we, we we know what Lenin said about the useful idiots, right?
0: Yeah, so you're thinking they are useful idiots. I think you're probably right. And I think probably all listeners might even agree with that. They are useful idiots to get to an end point. Uh, but you're right. I think some of them do agree with it. And probably, uh, probably um, feel that in their heart of hearts that they believe that's the kind of utopia they're looking for from the world. Uh, and they're willing to sell the world out. You know, when I say that, and I put that out there in the open space... I'll remind myself of how screwed up that sounds and why would anybody want that? And so I'll ask you back, Wallace, why would any, when we talk about those people, why would they, other than, uh, the only thing I can throw before you speak about that, that I always come back to is my my equation of good and evil, uh, that I find it as the ultimate fight of good and evil here that is playing out here in war games today. But why would people want that?
1: I think you have a natural disdain uh, amongst those who consider themselves the moral and intellectual elite uh, for any system, economic or otherwise, in which people other than they get rich. So they look around and they see business people making all the money and business people having the economic power. They look and they see a business person run for the presidency and win and start putting in policies that they don't like. And I think they have a natural disdain for any economic system in which people other than them are the ones that get the wealth, the power, and the respect. So I think they just have a natural disdain for free market dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I think when you mix that in with, uh, the whole concept of a moral and intellectual elite is, you know, based on nobility and serfdoms, where, where you mm-hmm. need to have noble Lords to control the masses. And, uh, when you believe that way that people for example if left alone they're not going to buy food they're not going to they're not going to be able to take care of themselves there are large numbers of americans who are incapable of living unless they are told what to do you have to give them food stamps for example instead of giving them money because otherwise they're too dumb to buy food when you view the public from that perspective and you also have disdain for free markets that's a double whammy Of course you want control. Of course you think you should get the privilege and the prestige. Of course you think you should have the power and the money. And that's why they're flying in private jets and telling the rest of us we have to have electric cars that they then advise us not to charge because we don't have the electricity to be able to charge them. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is ludicrous. It only makes sense if you start looking at it from the perspective of the people that are truly in charge of that movement. They know it's crap and they are pushing it for some reason other than what they're telling us.
0: So let's talk about the breaking point now. This is the crux of the whole thing. I want to spend this time now, this next uh, few minutes with you on uh, the the crux of the breaking point. Okay. So when I asked the question and we put it out, and that you have in the op-ed a, 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 as well, where is America's revolt? Okay. Um, you talk about this and. The one saving grace we have is that some groups are being affected enough to take notice, such as the yellow vests in France, the truckers in Canada, and the farmers in the Netherlands. There is always the hope that enough groups get angry at the same time that they force a real and lasting change in direction. Short of that, true patriots, the world over are nothing more. And you get into it. You talk about shopping and the swords and the battle, and you talk about the Camelot and all of that. But then you say, we are very likely witnessing the end of our republic. Here's the dire warning right here. This, this You just let this reap into your soul. It's the point I want to get to. We are very likely witnessing the end of our republic and the end of Western civilization. If that happens... Our future will look remarkably like our distant path with lords and ladies in the lap of luxury ruling over a bunch of starving serfs. Who are the lords? Well, not you and not me. You and I, dear reader, are serfs, if we are lucky. Hmm. More likely we are in the 90% that there will not be enough food to feed, which was a lot of the point of this piece. So if we talk about that one saving grace, I want to touch on that a, a few moments with you now and talk about what it would take to change this because, you know, it's the glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing. And, and are we witnessing the end of Western civilization the republic say, well, it's a tall lord. How do we save this thing? And then trying to connect the dots of yellow vest and truckers and bombers uh, with, uh, you know, Uh, people that just want to talk about their grievances. How do we connect all of that into a movement uh, when is that what it would take to change this uh, tsunami that's headed our way? And is it doable?
1: Well, let me ask you this. What would happen if the yellow vests, the truckers and the farmers all had their strikes or their protests at the exact same time. Mm-hmm, they did not congregate anywhere, so there was nowhere to, shut, to to put them down. They just stopped doing their jobs. And, uh, and they did that not just in France, Canada, and the Netherlands, but in all countries, uh, or, or at least you know, a bunch of countries. And it wasn't just Canada's truckers, it was all the truckers. And it wasn't just farmers in the Netherlands, it was farmers all over the world. And it wasn't just the yellow vests in France, Mm -hmm. it was people who wear yellow vests all over the world. What would happen if Mm -hmm. vital industries, people just said, you know what, until you change direction in a meaningful way, Mm -hmm. we're just not going to work anymore to hell with it we want yeah, new governance right. we want it now and until you give it to us we're, we're just not going to do anything there's going to be no shipping there's uh, going to be no food there's going to be nothing until you give into it here's
0: the problem now i i got i got a clear vision of what you're talking about here the problem with all of this is people lack the courage uh, they they lack the courage uh to be able to make those changes in in their lives, number one, or be willing to do it for a multitude of reasons for their future generations, for their lives, for their grandkids, I don't know. They lack the courage. And I say that because when the Canadian truckers really took storm and it was really in front of us, I mean, they were doing a hell of a job out there, our brothers and sisters to the north in amazing ways. And I had them on the platform, those truckers, and we talked about it. I was really in awe of what they were doing uh, in pushing back against Trudeau and his Marxist government uh, with those vaccines and and masks and all the crap that they threw at them. Uh, Which they knew. Uh, And I wondered, Wallace, at that point, where are the American truckers? And then I, you know, I heard some little things. Well, they're trying to organize or they're going to get a few trucks. What the hell is that going to do? A few trucks to, you know, whatever. uh, You try to get to the outer belt of D.C. uh, or whatever their state capitals or whatever it was. They kind of changed it up. Uh, But, you know, nothing more became of that. And it was never some big movement here. So what is it that, you know, I I really i got to tell you in a weird sort of way, I didn't say this, but I was a little um, taken back and probably a little embarrassed. uh, The fact that we talk about American exceptionalism and the courage of Americans. And yet I think we ended up being a bunch of pansies as the Canadian brothers and sisters went to fight for their freedoms. And we sat here with our hand on our ass. and We didn't do much of anything. Talk to me.
1: When you look at the early 1700s, before 1775, when the Continental Congress actually started to fight a war, in 1776, when the colonies declared uh, independence, there were a lot of small movements, each one of which was suppressed, and it was the exact same thing. Where are? Where is this colony? Where is that colony? Where is that colony? Where? How come? You know, each one of these movements are getting put down, and the reason is they were too specific. They were not people that had, had enough. And uh, it's the same thing here. None of the movements that we've seen so far have been people that have truly had enough and that have been willing to make it a very different kind of movement. You know, declaring that I want independence, that we are now an independent country, is a very different kind of thing than was saying we want fair, we want representation. So it, it took Thomas Paine writing a pamphlet, but it also only took Thomas Paine writing a pamphlet. And all of a sudden, it was a very different kind of a movement because people looked at it and said, yes, We need to run our own country to hell with England. Mm -hmm. And we need the people. And my question is, how bad does it have to get? Exactly. That's it right
0: there. That's it.
1: That's that's what it boils down to. How bad does it have to get before this is important enough that you are going to demand new governance?
0: Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth as I was going to say back to you, how bad does it have to get? That's exactly where I was at. Uh, where are we in the collapse uh, point uh, of of the measurement of this thing to where we fall and then say, okay, well, it's time we better do something. Uh, How far off we are from that moment, you think? Take a guess. I
1: I would hope we don't have to get as bad as Sri Lanka does. Sri Lanka went from not having electricity, not having gasoline, not having food, to not having any of those three things, plus not having leadership. I would hope, that we're willing to change leadership yeah. before we get to the point where we don't have gasoline electricity or food.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well said. And the other problem is that Wallace uh, didn't, uh, to his point of shared Lanka there is that uh uh the media uh the, the, the you don't hear anything on the story. Nobody would even know this exists. Uh, if we didn't talk about it today, you wouldn't even know this. Uh, I, probably. I'm not suggesting you don't, but you probably don't, I'm guessing, unless you've really been paying attention to what's happening in Sri Lanka. So, I mean, you wouldn't really know. So that, that really is the challenge. It's the culprit and all this is the media here. Um, well, uh, that op-ed again, Yellow Vests, France, uh, Truckers, Canada, Farmers, the Netherlands, where is America's revolt? Hmm. Where's the world's revolt? How do you connect the dots? As he said, how bad does it have to get? Where's Thomas Paine when you need him? Has anybody got a pamphlet to write? Let's do it. What are we doing here? That's the out loud truth, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. Privileged to be with you always. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.